You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. Well, we're in a series starting today called Difference Maker, and I want you to think, as Max Lucado so eloquently said, that all that we do and be given to the Lord can make a difference in people around us. A woman invited uh, some of her neighbors and family members to a dinner party, and uh, they all sat down at the table ready to start with the salad, and she leaned over to her six-year-old daughter and said, why don't you do the prayer? And the daughter was a little nervous. Daddy leaned over and said, well, all you got to do is just say what you hear mommy say. And so the little girl said, dear God, why on earth did I invite these people over for dinner? <laughs> that made a difference at that table, let me tell you. you know? There is no thrill on this planet like being used by God. There isn't any. Now, God doesn't need you to fulfill his purposes. He can do it all by himself. But he loves you so much that he wants you included in his purposes. He wants you included in his plans. God wants you to be able to live a life that's bigger than yourself. And so I was thinking about this, this theme, and I found this quote by a pastor named Mike Slaughter. Now, I've never met Mike, but I read some of his stuff and follow uh, what he does. He pastors an incredible Methodist church in Ginghamsburg, Ohio. And here's what he said. You and I are called to be a part of a world-changing, spirit-empowered, hell-can't-prevail community of action. The outcome will not be determined by the size of your congregation or the abundance of your resources, only your willingness to leave the safety of your life raft and the compliance of those who choose to remain on it. God has called us to do more to do greater, to do other than. And I want this verse in Acts 20 to be our verse for this series. So if you mark it down, if you circle it, if you memorize it, that would really be great because we're going to refer to it every week as we start. But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. Now, that's a great verse, but it's really going to sound better when you read it with me. So let's read it together. Ready, go. But my life is worth unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. Our lives are worth nothing unless we're about God's business. And I know you have interests and I know you have concerns, and I know you have limited time, but I thought it was fascinating that Jesus called us salt and light. Salt and light. He, he didn't say, um, you, you'll, you'll become gold and, and, and silver, or you'll become rich and famous, or you'll become influential. He just said, I want you to think about two very common, ordinary, everyday things, salt and light. Salt has the ability to Preserve and salt has the ability to enhance. And light has the ability, obviously, to illuminate our pathway in the darkness or to, to guide us forward, to let us see what we can't see without it. He didn't call us to do 
or be anything other than what he would empower us and equip us to do. He, he didn't say, would you try to become salt and light? Just go ahead on your own efforts and, and, and try to become salty or try to become a light or try to be a candle or, or, or try to be a searchlight or a spotlight. All he says was, this is who you are because of my relationship with you. And if you're connected to God through Jesus Christ, then all of you automatically get your ID card that says you are salt and you are light and you are a difference maker in this world. And how do you change the world? It's kind of big, isn't it? It's complex. Uh, tomorrow is, is 9-11 and people are remembering that and the tragedy that happened on our own soil. You think of the, the, the tragedies that are happening around our world. You, you think of the natural disasters. You go, it's just, this world is just too big. And, and, and I just want to submit this to you. The reason that God called us to be salt and light is that we can be that to one person or to two people, or some of you have the capacity to do that for five people. But I still believe this, that lives are changed life upon life, not just life upon crowd or, or life upon community. It's one person at a time that is changed and influenced by people who have been influenced and changed by God. God is a difference maker. And the concept today that I want to submit to you is that God is a giver. God is a giver. Uh, James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God is a difference maker, and all giving begins with God. I mean, he started it. It wasn't you, it wasn't me, it was God's idea to be a giver. And he makes something out of nothing called planet Earth. And then he makes human beings out of dirt. Remember, that's where you came from. You were just a pile of dirt one time. And God put two little holes in a pile of dirt and breathed into it, and it became a man. That is just fascinating to me. Try to duplicate that in a laboratory today. Oh, Pastor, you don't know much about what they're doing in labs today. I have not read one article yet. One scientific study where any lab took dirt, just regular dirt, and put two holes in it and went, and it became a human being. Well, you don't know much about cloning then or stem cell region. No, 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 no. That, that's not fair. They're using what God created to create something else. I'm talking about dirt. When you find that video where they take a pile of dirt and it becomes a human being, I want to see it. All right, forget it. I'm moving on. <laughs> you don't care about that, do you? So this famous verse, John 3, 16 and 17 says, for God, for God so loved the world, he sang a romantic song from heaven. For God so loved the world that he made rose gardens and waterfalls and snow-capped mountains and sunsets that just captivate you. No, for God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. God is a giver. And he gave his only son, whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That he gave salvation. That we simply believe in the finished work of the cross and what Jesus did for us. And then we're, we, we have eternal life. For God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world. Aren't you glad? 
Because some of you, maybe not me, but some of you are condemnable. <laughs> we all are. If you have a Bible, you want to open to 1 Chronicles 29, which is right before 1 Chronicles 30 and right after 1 Chronicles 28. <laughs> then King David said to the whole assembly, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is very young and doesn't know a whole lot, inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. It's going to be the house of the Lord. And with all my resources I provided for the temple of my God, gold and, and, and silver, and it goes on and on, and at the end it says, now who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? Who is willing to consecrate themselves today to the Lord? I think every day we should be willing to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. Now, consecrate is not a word we use a lot. Well, let me, let me give you the definition. It means to give God your hands. And hands that are open. Not, not hands that are open, give me, give me, bless me. It's hands that are open to give what you've been given to someone else. It's hands that are open to bless. Not, not hands that are clenched holding on to, grabbing hold of, being possessive. But God himself has determined to be consecrated as a giver to us. He gives us life. He gives us breath. He, he gives us salvation. He gives us grace. He gives us forgiveness. Aren't you glad? He gives us forgiveness. First Chronicles 29.5 says, and, and now how about you? It's very personal. Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving. I need to let you know up front, this is not a sermon about tithing, so you can all relax. This is not a sermon about all of you signing up for children's ministries, though we need tons more children's ministries workers. This is not a, a message about you, you know, giving and making of your time to join a small group, though you should, but okay. But it's a message about, are you aware of how much God has given you. I, I think we are horrible at inventory. We are people, especially North Americans, we are people who have been so blessed, or as my good friend Pete Hope says, abundantly blessed, that it's easy for us to moan and groan and complain about what we don't have when we have so much. And then we look at our inventory and say, well, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough talents. I don't have enough treasures. I don't have enough Bible knowledge. But when I get those things, when, when I get those things, you can count on me to be a difference maker. When I, when I get those things, let me just tell you, when is not coming? When is not arriving? God wants to know if we are willing to consecrate ourselves and our hands to him to say, Lord, have your way in my life. Do whatever you want to do in me so you can do whatever you want to do through me. To consecrate ourselves is to commit ourselves to, to becoming the people that God wants us to be and, and to invest in the next generation. I wrote this in my notes. If we silence the young eagles coming up, the church cannot soar. Some churches have decided in America to be history museums of the past. 
And it's great to say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in the past. But our lives should never hinge on it. As a church that closes its doors for the last time, here's what I hear them say. I wish we would have changed. I wish we would have become what God wanted us to be. And and my prayer is for every church in this community to be blessed, to have the presence of God with them, whatever their style or tradition might be, that they would have enough resources to do the things that God has called them to do. But when I read this scripture in Acts 2.17 that says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I want that to be you. I want that to be us. I want that to be every church in this community. But I don't want God to have to say, I have to go down the street because LFC's not open for business. Or I want to go bless the Smith family because the Jones family won't allow us into their house. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit want to fill our lives, to use our lives. I want it to be you. And again, I, I pray every, every church gets blessed. The base chapel gets blessed, the overflowing, that they got to fill up the balcony and, and all of it. Last I heard, that's not the case. But, but wouldn't it be great if, if every church was filled with capacity and that, that God had his way in, in every marriage, in every relationship, in every parent-child relationship, and, and every grandparent and grandchildren relationship and neighbor relationship, that we were hands to bless other people, hands to pull people up because we had been hands that were consecrated for God and for God's use. That nothing would get in the way of us doing God's work. So I received an email a while ago. Somebody said, Pastor, you, you got to really, really study the end times. You got to know what the headlines say about the end times. We, we need to huddle together and study about the end times. And, and while that is good... We need to make sure we get out of our huddles and go do end time work. What is end time work? The Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people, on all flesh. Again, I'm not against studying end times. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Read everybody. By the way, nobody knows the hour or day the Lord's coming back. Did you know that? People have tried to predict it. If you've been around a while, you know. I still remember 1988. I was here in this church in the other old building and People came with this book called 88 Reasons Why He's Coming in 88. I mean, it was a big stinking deal on the Central Coast. And I had people look at me on Sunday morning and say, you're a blasphemer because you won't talk about the 88 reasons why he's coming in 88. I said, the reason I, I don't want to talk about it because I'm praying that God's going to bless us in 89. <laughs> and people looked at me and said, you're a, you're a heretic. I said, no, I'm not. Here, here's what I know. We should be ready because the Lord could come back before you have lunch. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? I'm serious. If you don't know him as your Savior, you better get ready because we know this according to the Apostle Paul. He's coming soon. And the old hymn said he may, be, he may come in the morn, it may be night or noon, but we know he's coming soon. I sang that song when I was 14. I thought, this is a nutty song. The lady with blue hair was waving her arm. I go, what the heck is all that about? She can't even keep time. And this old guy leaned over me and said, you know, you know, young kid, the Lord could come tonight while you're sleeping. I said, but then, but then I won't see tomorrow. And he goes, don't worry about it. I was 14. I was a couple years ago. <laughs> Listen, you want, you want my, my end time prophecy? The Lord is coming soon. You better be ready. 
You better be ready. What do we do in the meantime? We let the Holy Spirit fill us. Holy Spirit, pour out upon us so we can declare the gospel through love and kindness and words and deeds and pray for people and pray for the sick and be generous and be gracious to everyone around us. Jesus could have said, you're the famous of the world. I will make you Einsteins and Bill Gates and, and, and Churchills and Beyonce and Donnie Wahlberg or the great Josh Rosen. Come on, are you kidding me? He's Jewish, by the way, Chosen Rosen. If you know anything about UCLA football, I mean, yeah, last week, their comeback against Texas A&M. Anyway, one of the guys from Texas A&M came out with a scepter, you know, when they were ahead like 34 to zero. And he was like, pride cometh before the fall. <laughs> Somebody wrote on Twitter, pride comes before the fall. Most people quit watching the game at halftime, not me. I watched it till the very end. And uh, anyway, 44 to 10, and then they come back and UCLA win. Were you, Tim, were you happy about that? Yeah, good, good. You should have been. You should have been happy about that. But listen, I'm just ordinary me. Anybody else feel like you're just ordinary? Come on, you ordinary? Anybody ordinary? We're ordinary people. And God uses ordinary people to be salt and light in this world, and it's phenomenal. So 2 Chronicles 29, great things are happening. And then in verses 10 through 14, we, we end that passage that says, all wealth and honor come from you, God, and you are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power. In your hands, consecrated hands, are, are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. You need strength, guess where you go? You go to the hands of God. Lord, I, I need your hands to give me strength. But who am I, David says, and, and, and who are these people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from, come on, you, and we have given you only what comes from your consecrated hands. God is the only one I know who really gets thrilled with regifting. He gives us breath and we pour out our praise. We sang that today. He gives us 100%, we give him back 10. And he goes, yay! Really? He gives us strength and we use it for him. He gives us a, a thought or an idea or a creative moment and we give it back to him and and God goes, this is so cool. Anybody here ever regifted? Come on, confess. You've regifted. Yeah, good, good. Eight o'clock is like everybody, you know. <laughs> we regift. Have you ever gotten your own gift back ever? It happened to me. We gave out gifts or something. I'm not talking white elephant. We gave out gifts, and, and a couple years later, I end up opening this thing. I'm going, wait a minute, man. I gave this to that dude three years ago, and it was the same gift, and I pretended to be happy. God doesn't pretend. He gets the stuff he gave you. You give it back to him. He goes, yay. He's so excited about regifting. Everything we have comes from you. Write this down if you would. Everything is under the authority of God. Everything is. And all that is good comes from God. All that is good. James 1.17 in the Message Bible and verse 18 says, So my dear friends, don't get thrown off course. 
every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. That's why he can call us to be light. There's nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all his creatures. Everything comes from you, 1 Chronicles 29, 14, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. God has given you and I everything that we will ever need. God is a giver. He's given you and I everything that we will ever need. Think about this. God has given us everything that we will ever need. It doesn't say he'll give you everything you've ever wanted. I've heard those sermons. They drive me nuts. And if you believe with faith, God will give you anything you ask for. Really? Oh, I'm so glad some of the prayers I prayed never got answered. It would have ruined me. And I've, I've tried. I've tried certain things. I, I, one time I stood in my driveway. Uh, we had one rickety car between the two of us, and I stood in my driveway. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. New Chevrolet. New. <laughs> Lord. I shook my hands just like I saw on TV. It, it didn't work. I got a cramp in my hand. But here's what I'm going to tell you. By faith, listen. God will give you everything that he knows that you need. Strength, comfort, provision. He will give you exactly what he knows that you need. And who am I and, and who are these people that we should be able to give as generously as this to you? Because everything comes from your hands. So here's a lesson that I want you to get from today's message. I have another one next week for you, but today's lesson is this. Provisionally, I have everything I need to fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life at this moment. But let's say it. Provisionally, I have everything I need to fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life at this moment. And you're, and you're married and you're saying, I, I, I don't know if I can make it through the next season. Provisionally, you have everything you need. I've got this kid, and it's changed my world, and provisionally, you have everything you need to be a parent right now to fulfill God's will and purpose in your life. Well, I, I've just been promoted, and, I, and, I, and I'm now a, a different kind of leader than I was yesterday. I've gone from bud to boss, and it's kind of interesting. These were all my chaps and my friends, and now I'm trying to lead them, and they don't like it. I know five people like that, that I have a personal relationship with. They've got to just hanging out with the boys or the girls to all of a sudden now I lead them. And uh, not everybody likes that. It's kind of weird. And here's my word to them. And if you're one of them, here's, here's my word to you. Provisionally, you have everything you need to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life at this moment. The old statement said this, where God guides, he provides. Where God guides, he provides. Now, now, now hear this statement. God will never ask you to do anything that he will not provide the resources and the power to do it with. God will never ask you to do anything that he will not provide the resources and the power to do it with. The Lord speaks to you and whispers to you, go, go to your neighbor. And you go, Lord, I don't have it. 
when I do have when 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 I do have it, I'll go. And when's not coming? If God is nudging your heart to do something, to 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 go back to school, to pursue a degree, to to create something, to serve somewhere, to to go to your neighbor and make a difference. He will not ask you to do it if he will not provide for you the wherewithal to do it. Now, the first thing we need to see, and you're looking at the notes going, there's no way he's getting us out by third service. I am. First of all, God is powerful, right fast. God is powerful. I think we forget this. We can sing in church, great are you, Lord, and come Tuesday at 10 o'clock, I don't know about that, God. (laughs) I'll pour out my complaint. I'll pour out my whining to you. No, no. I'll pour out my praise is how the song was written. Wealth and honor come from you. 1 Chronicles 29, 12. You are the ruler of all things, and in your hands are, come on, strength and power. He's consecrated himself to be a giver. And in his hands, he doesn't come with condemnation, He doesn't come with, oh, oh, snatch it from my hand. Oop, you didn't do it fast enough. No, he's got strength and power to give you. It's in his hand, and it's for you. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And I want to be a partner with you, God, and be a part of what you're doing. The second thing is God is a provider. We've already read this in 1 Chronicles 29, 14, and 16. It comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. God will never ask me to do anything, to be anything, or to give anything that he will not provide. God will never ask you to do anything, to be anything, to give anything that he will not provide. Sometimes we think he's asking us things beyond where we are. And guess what? Sometimes he does because it creates a dependency upon him. But if he's asking you, let me, let me help you with this lesson. If he's asking you, then he's got the provision right here. And as you step into what he's asking you to do in obedience, then pretty soon, guess what happens? The provisions start coming. Heaven has called we got a call in the office today from heaven. All the angels says, we have an inventory control problem up here. What's the problem? There's too many blessings that people aren't asking for. There's too many strengths and powers that people are not receiving because they won't walk in obedience to what God's calling. In his hand is strength and power and grace and mercy and blessings. Ephesians 3.20 says, now glory to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. This God is incredible. And we sometimes, I'm sorry, we sometimes forget how great he really is. He's great enough to give Noah a dream of building a boat when there's never been rain. He's great enough to give Abraham the dream of being a father of a great nation. He's great enough to give Joseph the dream of being a leader that would save people. These are difference makers. And he gives Nehemiah, this great leader, the dream of building the wall around Jerusalem. God, number three, partners with us. I don't know if you've ever said this to the Lord. I have. Lord, I don't know why you'd partner with me. 
because there are better people out there. There are far more handsome people. They're, they're far more good-looking and healthy, physically fit, skinny specimens that you could use, God. And then I hear this whisper. I want to use you. Well, yeah, Lord, but... No, I want to use you. Our, our world is being shaped. The community of Lompoc and surrounding areas are being shaped right now by, by people and influencers. And, and we can sit back and say, well, let it just be shaped, Lord. Just whatever happens, happens. Or, or we can help shape it. The school where your kids go is a school that's being shaped by leaders and educators. And you could say, well, it's just the way it is in public education. Or you can go there and be a part of shaping the culture. Well, how, do you, how do you do that? Just start serving and you watch what happens. And if you serve long enough, somebody's going to let you have a voice at the table. Trust me. It may take a long time. But someday somebody can say, what do you think? And you're going, oh, cool. And God's going to say, boom, I'm going to partner with you. And you'll be able to have influence that you never had before. You, 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 you just be, you'll be amazed. Love and serve really works. But who am I? And who are my people that we should give as generously as this? And God gives to us because He partners with us and He gives so we can give. No, the Lord gives so we can be blessed. Got it. But he gives so we can be a blessing as well. He, he fills us so that we can be then poured out. And then when we deplete ourselves, we go back to him and get replenished again. And, and I love Philippians 2.13. It says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God's power is his ability to give. God's power. Nothing gets in the way of God when he says, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to release to you. I'm going to resource you. I'm going to give you people that you can influence for the kingdom's sake. Not just to build a network for your advancement. I'm going to give you people that you can influence for eternal life. God's provision is his willingness to give. He wants to give to us, so he provides and God's partnership with you and with me is his reason to give. His power, ability to give. His provision, willingness to give. His partnership is the reason to give. God is a giver. And he wants to give to you. And he wants to give through you. As we close this morning, our prayer team will be down front if any of you need prayer. And I would like to close by reading a prayer from John Henry Newman. I can't take credit for it, but when I read this prayer, I said, Lord, let this be our prayer today. Dear God, stay with me, and then I shall begin to shine as you shine. So to shine as to be the light to others. The light, O oh Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be mine. It will be you who shines through me upon others. Oh, let me praise you, God, in the way which you love best, by shining on all those around me. Give light to them as well as to me. Light them with my life. Light them 
through me. Teach me to show forth your praise, your truth, your will. Make me preach without preaching. Not by words, but by example, by the catching force, the sympathetic influence of what I do, by my visual resemblance of the saints of old who've given you glory and honor and the evident fullness of the love which my heart bears to you. Thank you, God, that you're a giver. And thank you, God, that you give through us. May we be willing to receive your gifts. May we be willing to share them with those around us and become difference makers for Jesus' sake. In your mighty name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com. Me too.